Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. (laughs) It's like the worst thing you can say when you're about to be quiet is get serious, man. It took me like 20 minutes to get my passport photo done last time. Because you kept laughing? Yeah. (laughs) Tonight's guest is a friend of mine. His name is Rob Janowski. Uh, Rob, welcome, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. Of course, dude. My pleasure. Uh, my, uh, gender identifying terms are he, him, his. Okay. Um, appreciate you giving me a heads up. Yeah. 32 years old. You nailed it by the way. First time 32 years old and seven years sober. Oh, nice man. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. We share the same day, but years apart. Yeah. We're like, well, we're seven years apart. Oh, we're seven years apart. You're yeah. 14 now. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. great. I, was 14. I turned 14 when you turned seven. <laughs> but I like it just came back to me that we share the same birthday and we have since you come in. Yeah. 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 It's the same day. I know. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it probably took me four years to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out the first year because obviously oh, it was like, how can I relate to other people? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, ooh, I can relate to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Same day. Same day. Yeah. Same day. So Dave. tell us about yourself, man. Um, I don't know. There's not much. I'm pretty basic as far as I'm just a basic (laughs) bitch you know um uh I got sober in well seven years ago so 2011 um around that time I went back to school um I graduated school this year so what'd you take in school communications cool and a film minor yeah so completely useless degrees Everyone um, has to communicate, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a better communicator now than I ever was when I was using and drinking. That's for sure. There you no go. more mumbling silence <laughs> into silence. Although I do do that on occasion. I was going to say, that's kind of sad if you don't do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On, a, on occasion, I'll do that. Um, yeah. So I, I start. I kind of went to school and did a short like half semester thing. And then I left for a year while I was doing that as well. So it took me seven years to get a four-year degree. Which I I figured if I was ever going to do a four-year degree was probably going to be the way it went anyway. Um, I just thought of tell me, boy. Because, yeah, yeah, lots of people go to school for eight years. They're called doctors. (laughs) Yeah, exactly what happened. That's exactly right. Um, And, yeah, uh, I guess the one non-basic thing about me and the reason I guess you wanted to have me on the podcast was because I do improv in the Calgary Mm. community. Um, and it's a huge part of my recovery. Like, um, even when I don't want to go to meetings and I'm not doing well mentally, I'll show up at improv either for a rehearsal or for a show and all that kind of melts away Mm. and I'm able to get back into those, uh, recovery mindset places that we talk about. Uh, like, you know, um, hmm. Like that positive mindset really mm-hmm. is what I'm, is it, that you need to kind of live a sober life day to day because people are usually assholes mm-hmm. and like it's hard to live life sober. So for me, this is both my artistic outlet and a place where I feel uh, spiritually connected because improv is all about being in the moment, mm-hmm. um, sharing with your partner, listening to your partner and or whoever you're in a scene with and in those moments where it's true improvisation like I don't remember what happens on stage most of the time but I remember feeling connected to the other person Mm -hmm. like I knew what the other person was gonna say or even if they throw something wild at me Mm -hmm. there's a trust there that I have with these people that I do improv with 
that I feel um, is, is, it's, for me, it's a very spiritual plane of existence because it doesn't mm-hmm. exist anywhere else in our yeah. life. You don't say yes and, <laughs> which is like the first <laughs> improv rule they teach you at all the classes. Um, that like, you don't do that in everyday life though. Mm-hmm. You don't say yes to everything somebody throws at you, even if it's the most insane thing. Like if somebody threw insane thoughts at, like if half the things that people said to me <laughs> to me in meetings, mm-hmm. I said yes to, I would not be able to stay sober. <laughs> But on you stage, be alive, man. no, definitely not. <laughs> but like on stage, it's a safe space that I feel like I can I can say yes to things and I can explore different ideas and and just like yeah, feel like I'm being taken care of. And then I leave there and I can't sleep. But for days afterwards, I'm like I'm feeling a little bit more spiritual, a little bit more connected, a little bit more. Um, just whole as a person Mm -hmm. that I can kind of be like, yeah, I can live life today. Mm. Um, because it's tricky, right? Like, as I said, a lot of people are assholes. Um, living sober is not what I knew growing up. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Darcy cut out my burps. (laughs) (laughs) No, Darcy change my mind leave in my burps <laughs> actually darcy if you could exaggerate his yeah, burps exaggerate that would be wonderful <laughs> exaggerate my burps that would be great um <laughs> i did not grow up in a sober environment uh i had my first beer with my dad when i was about 10 or 11 years old mm-hmm. um so and i and and i just never knew how to live life sober so like yeah the steps are great but how do I like, what do I do with the rest of the days? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I want to go out there and live for? And, um, when I was about six months sober, I was like, you know what I've always been interested in trying is improv. Cause like I was trying working out and I hate working out. I hate running. I hate anything that requires physical exertion. I do it because I have to just like I go to work cause I have to, Mm -hmm. Uh, I eat because I have to, um, and I talk to people I don't want to talk to <laughs> because I have to, <laughs> you know, you, you know, for polite society's sake, as yeah. Canadians, we have to talk to people we don't want to talk to. Totally. But, you know, um, polite society. I like that. The under <laughs> the underbellies of like total anarchy, but polite society, nonetheless. Canadian anarchy would be so civil and polite. We, we would have be a snowball fight, dude, <laughs> especially right now. Um, but yeah, so I, I found that creative outlet, which for me has always been important. I've always been the kid that draws the kid that writes or the person that draws the person that writes, um, has ideas, wants to do something, but I, I just never knew how to express myself that way. Mm -hmm. And improv is like the laziest art form on earth because it's like <laughs> it's stand up but you have help it's uh, a play but you don't have to memorize any lines mm. it's it's funny but you don't have to really try and even if you're not funny that day somebody else will be funny and they'll yeah. be like that was a great show i was like great <laughs> you yeah. know and so it just it kind of works out for you know but i i say it's like the lazy thing but like i've taken I don't even know how many hours of classes. I don't know how many hours of rehearsal I've been in there for like stage time, like once Mm. a week, maybe once every two weeks. So yeah, I guess that's kind of where, where my recovery has taken me is it's allowed me to do the things that I want to do. And one of the things I want to do is improv. Yeah. And so what's like, what's the evolution of improv? Like, can you, or is there one, I shouldn't say what is it, but, like, do you naturally gravitate towards doing stand up at some point or? I don't know. There's lots of stand ups that never do improv and there's lots of improvisers that never yeah. do stand up. I think for me, it's just like this artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Lots of people uh, go from improv to sketch. They use improv for sketch, like mm-hmm. uh, kids in the hall and stuff like that. But again, that's not, I don't know if that's for me, you know, for now mm-hmm. it's like, this is what I want to do. I don't know if I want to do anything else right now. Like, um, there's a lot of hosting that comes with improvising just cause like you're comfortable doing public speaking all of a sudden, yeah. which was always a struggle for me. Oh, good. Um, so I was, I, I was able to use improv as a way to become good at public speaking and mm-hmm. like hosting's always a thing that pops up. Like a lot of people, a lot of, impro- a lot of improvisers make great hosts because like, 
you'll be told when you go to host some kind of event, like, hey, just uh, introduce some people, but make it funny. And they won't tell you how to make it funny, mm-hmm. and they give you, like, no time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you just figure it out. For me, it's it's more about, like, I, I'm really lucky because I'm part of the Kinkanauts here in Calgary, and one of the things about the Kinkanauts is that it's always been about community. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not always, but, like, Ever since I've been a part of it, it's been about the community. Yeah. Like one of my best friends, Owen, is one of the founding members of King Knots, and like he's just one of the most friendly people out there. And he would have like the after parties for shows at his place or whatever, you know. Like he, it's just always been about building a community because it's not it's it's not a popular art form. Mm. <laughs> we're not we're not making lots of money on ticket sales. Mm. We do we do all right on ticket sales. Um, but it's it's all about like building community, building better improvisers to delight audiences. Mm. So like for like I was joking before the podcast with you, like, oh, I don't mind having my picture taken because I'm an alcoholic and an improviser, so I love attention. And I do love attention <laughs> and I do but I get genuine joy out of making la- people mm. laugh, even if if it's on a one on one situation, right? Mm. Like like if someone's having a hard day, yeah, you need to, you know, let hold them right mm. but you can also make them laugh and that mm-hmm. might brighten up their day so yeah I, I think part of that is like knowing that within myself like i enjoy bringing joy to other people i don't like mm. <laughs> when i was using and drinking i was very malicious with my humor mm. like I, I was cruel and stuff like that and i never felt good but i did it because like maybe that person wasn't laughing but the other people were laughing mm-hmm. So now I've managed to untwist that and unbind it and make it more of a uh, an enjoyable experience, an inclusive enjoyable experience mm-hmm. for all rather than singling out an individual or something yeah. like that. And do you find that that is um, like when when you're doing the oh man, I'm trying to like think of the wording, but when you're there doing a show mm-hmm. and is it is it much? I guess it would be much different now because we have to watch what we say all the time. Pretty much. Do you guys, does that impact you guys at all? Yeah, we, we, we do have to, because we don't want the audience to feel unsafe or like Mm -hmm. that we're making fun of somebody. Right. Yeah. Um, comedy is definitely changing. Like there's some people that will always be able to get away with saying terrible things. Yeah. Um, but there's some people like for the most part, you're not going to get away with saying terrible things or, uh, pointing out some, minority groups uh yeah like not issues but um like just a minority group for the sake of being funny you know um so we do have to be careful but i think there's a line where it kind of gets blurry not necessarily messy when it gets messy you've obviously crossed the line but like you want to still be able to push up against that line a little bit Mm -hmm. i don't think it should be at the expense of anyone else Mm-hmm. But like there's certain words that are now looked at as being um, bad, right? Like you cannot say that in polite, in like polite company or mm-hmm. any company, right? Yeah. Like you shouldn't even say that on your own. Yeah. But like other lang- other cultures use different words differently. And it's like, it's fun to push up against those words still, but you have to be careful about which words and mm-hmm. why you're using it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think, I think, that's the main concern. And like with impro- with the Kinkanauts now, we do like a, a check-in like so mm-hmm. that um, he, his, him that I did before, that's something we do at the beginning of the season because, mm-hmm. you know, gender's fluid. So yep. who knows? And like, I know I kind of made fun of it a little bit <laughs> at the top, but like. I don't think you're making fun of it, man. I think you were doing what is something that I think, I mean, if you were making fun of it, fine, but. I don't know if I was. Though. I didn't take it that way. <laughs> okay. I laugh because I'm like, yeah, that's an important thing to do. Yeah. Right. And, like, and that's why we do it. Right. And we yeah. also do like, all right, is that, are you comfortable with physical touch? Is any part of your body hurting right mm-hmm. now? And like, um, one of my groups that I'm with, we meet a half hour early just so we can talk about our weeks beforehand, yeah. just so we don't waste time at rehearsal. Yeah. And because it's a group of people and we're all hilarious. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it right now. We're some of the funniest people in Calgary. Um, Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's still going to degrade and drop down. Um, we had uh, a coach come in and they actually kind of did like uh, 
a light, a lay down meditation style mm-hmm. thing, which I used to do as part of my step 11 practice, mm-hmm. like lay down, feel where your body is on the floor, that kind of thing. Watch your breathing, breathe into your stomach out, out through your mouth and all that stuff. And like, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I, I feel more connected to these people right now because mm-hmm. we just did this exercise. Yeah. So it's like that, that feeling of connectivity with people is um, one of the most important aspects of improv. I find mm-hmm. like if you're doing a duo fine, like enjoy each other <laughs> and have fun with mm-hmm. it. But like in a large group setting, you need to be aware of what everyone's going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't say something that might actually like be uh, less than funny. Yeah. To them. Right. I mean, because it, it makes them it's important whenever you work with a team of any kind to be aware of what they're going through, I think. Absolutely. Right? And I'd never had that awareness before. Yeah. And probably in early sobriety. Yeah. Like year one, I did not have that awareness. <laughs> year two, maybe a little bit more. And like at some point I'm like, oh, I need to be aware of what's going on around me. You're still ahead of me. It took me five years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it took me Dave, five years. I'm saying at some point it's anywhere between year two and year seven that I noticed that. <laughs> and sometimes I forget that too. Right. Like, cause mm-hmm. I'm human uh, and I get, wrapped up in my own stuff, my mm. own mental state and stuff like that. But it's good to have a place where I can go where people are around and I have to, mm-hmm. you know, get out of that mindset. I mean, it's the same thing with meetings, but I find at meetings a lot of the time and not to make this like an anti AA thing because no. I'm super grateful to AA and the 12 steps and all the people that I've met in my journey in that place. Mm-hmm. But a lot of meetings I find it is very much that, I focus that kind of thing. I find for myself, I really enjoy the meetings where people where when there's a newcomer or someone who's just taken a milestone Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, good for you, man. Like let's focus on this person and let's share our experience, strength and hope for this person. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I find that's what helps me, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not talking about what I'm going through this week and what, Ugh, my mindset, you know, like my, my, like, cause I, I deal with the ups and downs just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, fortunately, I have the awareness that those downs, I'm eventually going to get out of them. Mm-hmm. I might have to be in it for a while um, because life happens at its own pace, but I can still have some kind of mindset where I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. I'm not stuck in a moment, which is what I was which it really felt like for a long time in my mm-hmm. using and drinking history. Yeah. Cause you were kind of stuck You're yeah. looking for your pop. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. My sweet, sweet pop that I will not name because they're not paying us money. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> it is delicious though. It's delicious. And it's cherry flavored. Yeah. It's a cherry flavored cola beverage. <laughs> Take a wild guess at what that was. Of some kind. <laughs> of some yeah. kind. With a blue label. <laughs> he just keeps going. With a blue label. Starts with P. Oh, my God. You'll never guess it. You'll never guess. <laughs> so when you, um, when, you thought, when you decided to get involved with um, improv, yeah. and that's not the only reason I had you on. So oh, okay. <laughs> you're a pretty good human, too, so I, I think that, that I try. Was, I try really hard. <laughs> that was mostly why I wanted Oh, okay. That, and the fact that not everybody... Um, gets into recovery and then decides to start doing stuff, right? right? Like they, we oftentimes get into recovery and decide not to do anything. Yeah, I had a right? conversation with one of my friends in New York, actually. Well, he's he's from Calgary, but he lives in New York. Go figure. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yeah, a lot of improvisers use improv to cover up their functional alcoholism. Yeah. I was like, good for them. I wasn't even that functional of an alcoholic. Yeah. I I looked at the same class that I eventually signed up for like five times while I was using and drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a hundred bucks. I got better uses for a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. That's a lot of booze. That's a lot of booze and other things. Mm-hmm. Things that may or may not be legal now. May or may not be. May or may not Potentially. be. Potentially. Decriminalized in some part of the world. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fully legalized in other parts of the world. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So you didn't do improv before you got sober. No, I saw improv for the first time, just like everyone else. I saw whose line is it anyway. It's a freaking great show. Yeah, Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles. Yeah. And I 
I saw it when we were living in England and I was just like, that's amazing. How do they do that? Mm-hmm. And now the magic's all gone. Like I know exactly how they do yeah. it. Um, and even some parts of the show production that I didn't want to know, I do know about mm-hmm. now. Like what? Uh, like if they blew a scene, how they, how they make all the scenes really good. Cause their success rate is super high. For an, for an improv show. Whose line is it anyway? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, every yeah. scene kills, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, every song kills. And they will just drop F-bombs in the middle. Because they can't air that, right? Yeah. So, like, if they mess it up, they'll drop F-bombs. Peeking behind the magic curtain mm-hmm. here, folks. Oh, so if you mess up, you drop an F-bomb, they got to restart. Yeah, it. you got to reset from yeah. the beginning. And then you can do all the stuff that was good. <laughs> and, then, and then just say. Then just keep going. <laughs> and then make it better. <laughs> that's hilarious man yeah that's a good show though no it's really good and yeah. those are really talented improvisers yeah my like, favorite guest is richard simmons richard he Sim- was the man on that show have you ever seen it with no just, I've oh, never- dude when you go when you go home tonight after you've done your show yeah go home and watch and google on youtube or youtube search uh richard simmons on whose line is it anyway yeah Ser- oh dude seriously What's yeah, it? Ryan Styles and him. Oh my God, Ryan was it Ryan who rides him like a jet ski? <laughs> and dude, Richard Simmons is just like he's like putting his leg. Wasn't he doing all kinds of stuff like that? It was so funny, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I like Richard because he's just full of life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 100%. he's totally not gay, yeah. so that's why I love him. Because he still doesn't he still say he's not gay? Yeah, I'm pretty sure for a long time he said he wasn't. Now, I mean, with Google, maybe there's new information. I don't know, but... Didn't he disappear? Yeah, there's a podcast called Where's Richard Simmons? Let's really? not promote other podcasts. <laughs> Darcy. Really? They've, they've caught up with him now. Yeah. Oh, so they do know where he is. He disappeared from public. So he ghosted. For two, three years. Oh, that's why. Well, I don't have TV either, so that would explain why I haven't seen him. Yeah. Shit. Oh, I haven't even seen him, like, on the, the gym TVs or anything. Like, so is he gone? I don't know. Did, don't they, know, did you find out where he was living? He's just not doing public. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't want to be a, in the public anymore. I feel like... He's made his money. Yeah. Yeah, and like, why Why do you have... If, if like, at some point, I feel like... I don't know why we're talking about this, but you're in the public eye for so long, it turns on you, right? Yeah. And then, eventually, it either turns back or people forget about you. Yeah, or I you d- disappear because you don't want to go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't blame him because he was like typecast for so long hey like well yeah he's he's the just, same shorts the same tank top for yeah right same hair like and he must be in his what 60s or 70s now yeah i don't even know yeah i'm sorry man i don't know how we got on that subject <laughs> probably because that's the one episode of whose line is yeah. anyway i remember because right. it was vivid how uncomfortable he made ryan styles when they were like really working. oh yeah that's interesting. Yeah, because, again, you don't want your people to be uncomfortable on stage. But back then, they didn't care. Yeah, that back then was yeah. different, you know. Back then, uh, Richard Pryor was, you know, Eddie Murphy, and those th- those guys were getting away with saying all kinds of stuff you can't say. Yeah. Right? Anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. And the nice thing is, like, for the most part, people in the improv community seem to know where that line is. Like, there's mm-hmm. a few bad apples who have crossed some lines and, like, they're still talked about <laughs> in negative ways. Like yeah. I know of one show that got canceled because of um, just two people couldn't work together anymore because it was so like, it was just a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. One of the people was just very toxic and um, just not good to people of the other gender, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta be aware of that. And, um, it's tough, right? Because like you don't see all those aspects. Like I don't see all those aspects. I'm a white dude in my early 30s. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, and I live in North America. I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like I have yeah. a, jo- I have, I have a job. Well, <laughs> you're, employable. you're employable. Yeah, I'm too. employable. Yeah. Um, I have income. You know, like I don't have any debts really, and like you know, and I, I go through life and I'm like, and somebody will come and say, Hey, did you see what so-and-so did to so-and-so? I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure? Cause you were there that night and you mm. were talking to so-and-so yeah. and so-and-so around the time it happened. I'm like, dude, I had no idea. And it's like this awareness, like I, it's something that I have to keep working on is this awareness of about what's going on that I don't always see. Mm-hmm. 
So being more aware of your like surroundings and what yeah, surroundings and like what's actually going on, because mm-hmm. you don't want to be you don't want to be in these situations where it's like somebody's obviously uncomfortable and like looking to you and you're just got your head up your ass and like or you're laughing at them or something. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's it's um, but the fact of the matter is, I am in a place now where I am able to do that more because yeah. before that I was not. Before that, I was probably part of the problem, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't do anything that I would say was criminal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did a few things that were criminal, but to property, not to other people. Never to people. Never to people. Never hurt people. <laughs> Only property. Well, that's just so, so nice of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Corporation, corporate yeah. property. Oh, the evil corporation. <laughs> yeah. I got to take them down. Yeah. Got to take down the man, man. Damn the man. Damn the man. Damn the so-and-so. <laughs> so what led you to recovery then? Um, so I moved out to Calgary when I was 19 and I already knew I had a problem back mm-hmm. then. So geographical cure time, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, where'd you move from? Ottawa. I'm from okay. Ottawa originally. Uh, okay. well, I was born in Ottawa, not raised in Ottawa, but lived the last, yeah, actually Calgary's the longest I've ever lived in one place. So I've lived here for 13 years and it's the longest I've ever lived in one place. Solid. And every time I say 13 years, I'm like, it can't be like more than five, but it is. It 100% is. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I moved out here and I was, I just slid right back. Like it wasn't even a day and I was back (laughs) into what I was doing before. As soon as I had my own place, I was just back to doing what I was doing. And I did that for, okay, uh, let's do the math, like six years or whatever, Mm. right? Like just kept going the same route. From 19 to 25, I made no progress in my life. I didn't hold down jobs. I didn't go to school. I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything of anything other than use and drink. That was my life. Yeah. I'd go on vacations uh, to visit my dad or my family in Poland or something and I would always figure out a way to use and drink on these mm-hmm. vacations or at least drink. Um, and it was literally the last time I went and saw my dad before I went into recovery, like the, the, like four days afterwards, my parents uh, sat me down and were like, what are you doing with your life? And I was just so burnt out at that point. Like I, I couldn't get drunk anymore and the drugs weren't doing anything mm-hmm. anymore. I was in, existential pain constantly mm-hmm. like you know like the racing thoughts and everything that we try and or i tried to black out and stuff like that that's what it wasn't doing it anymore so mm-hmm. and it was just like i it's funny because i kind of had a dream the night before and i don't remember what it was but i remember waking up and being like if today's the day today's the day mm-hmm. like i'm either gonna die or i'm gonna get called out on every single lie i've ever told Mm-hmm. Um, so I got called out on every single live I was ever nice. told. Um, <laughs> and so I went, uh, my stepdad took me to my first meeting that night mm-hmm. and I was just like in awe of all these, like I couldn't lift my head up. Like mm-hmm. I was hiding. Um, someone who actually ended up being a pretty good friend of mine in early recovery. Um, she was chairing that first meeting. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Um, I didn't know that at the time it would be pretty cool, but like it was, it it turned out to be pretty cool, but it was just like one of those things where I was like, okay, I need to change my life. And literally I'm being offered a a branch Mm -hmm. by my mom and my stepdad to find some other way of life. Mm -hmm. And they didn't trust me worth a damn. Right. Like not, not one one percent of trust was mm-hmm. left because i'd been lying for mm, i don't know <laughs> like, Ever? yeah forever <laughs> like my earliest childhood memory is kind of a semi-lie slash me trying to fix a problem that i created mm-hmm. so like as far as i can remember that's like my coping mechanism and yeah. it's like and alcohol and drugs became a great way to like fit in or not feel like I had to lie all the time, although I did because I started at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that, that's, I, I was given this opportunity of recovery. So I just kind of latched onto it. Well, I didn't latch onto it. I was like, after the first meeting, I was like, maybe I can do a year. Yeah. Right. Like, but I don't see how I do it. Yeah. 
And so literally the next day, I think I went to like three meetings, mm-hmm. you know, and then that was my recovery for the first. So I got in in August, August, September, October, November, December, January. Yeah. So like for the first six months of my recovery was like three meetings a day. Um, I think it took, oh, and I was going to a psychologist once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I was doing nothing but recovery mm-hmm. at that point. Um, at that point I started going to the meeting that we met at, mm-hmm. um, the, the yellow room as one of our the friends, room. <laughs> yeah, as one of our right. friends calls it. Um, <laughs> where'd you go? We're going to the yellow room. Yeah. See you at the yellow room. All right. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we it's probably I love so, that room. Man. <laughs> it's such a great room. Sometimes <laughs> it's also such a shit. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> that's why I love it. The room is not, the room has nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the sorry, room, yeah, it's the room is great. The room is always great. It's always yellow. <laughs> it's always yellow. <laughs> it, it's neither great nor bad. Yeah. It's just always yellow. Um, but yeah, so that was <laughs> kind of so yellow. <laughs> it's so yellow, except for that one wall where it's not, which is yeah, just another makes no thing. sense. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like the church ran out of paint. Which, <laughs> honestly, in the old days, churches would—they wouldn't be able to finish it, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was doing that. That was like my life, right? Like, and it was—it was fine. Like I was doing. I, I got certified as a kettlebell instructor. <laughs> Did like, you really? Yeah, like the second week, my because my stepdad and my mom <laughs> no wouldn't idea. leave me in the house, so they took me to this kettlebell certification program for a weekend. I thought it was the most exercise I'd done in so many years, and like it, it was great. Like it was really a good like boost to my self esteem to know that I could do that, yeah. even though I felt like I was dying the entire. And you time. hated it. Oh, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I love kettlebells though. I only row now, but I love yeah. kettlebells. Like if yeah, I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's so funny. You're the last friend of mine I would ever suspect of being a certified kettlebell trainer. Level one. Level, level one. one certified and then I think trainer. in like I think in like in like March later that year, I went and got like a level two. <laughs> I am so referring people to you for kettlebells, <laughs> kettlebell training. Oh, totally. I'd totally love to do that again. I'm no longer lice. I'm no longer certified though, because oh, okay. it only lasts for like two years or whatever. All right. So forget about it. You can't go see him. Yeah. You can't come training. see me. I can totally give you advice, but I can't legally be your instructor. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that was, that was week two of recovery. Dude, I applied your like, go oh, try stuff. Though. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't have a choice. If it had been up to me, I would have just gone to meetings that mm-hmm. weekend. I didn't have a choice on the matter. Um, but yeah, what uh, do you mean you didn't have a choice. Like my stepdad was like, you're not staying in the house. <laughs> like, I don't oh, trust I you. See. You're coming with us. Yeah. And it's like, you're not going to sit there. Well, you're going to do it. So I did it. And like, you know what? And those people were super positive that I would be able to get through it. I yeah. did not think I would be able to get through it. I think like the last test is it, Everyone was done within like half an hour and I was like panting away at like hour 15. Hour. <laughs> no, hour and 15 minutes. Oh, Sorry. Hour I'm like, 15. geez, everyone went home and Rob <laughs> just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> but I made it through it. And that's kind of like the, the story of my recovery is like, no matter what, I make it through it. Mm. Like I'm really bad at recovery. That's um, not true. Uh, at, at certain points, like reaching out, like we, I've had situations come up in the last year and a half where I should reach out more to friends like you, mm-hmm. to our bro- buddy Adam, uh, who's been on this podcast. Even my non-sober friends I can reach out to. Mm-hmm. But I still revert back into that. I'll take care of it myself. I've gotten much better at it this last go around. I was just going to say, man, you've this, gotten so much better. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm, I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm comparing myself. But, like, I, I'm con- I constantly need to keep relearning things mm-hmm. and doing them better. Um, my psychologist used to tell me this story, which I really liked. And, um, it's like a guy's walking down a street and he falls in a hole and it's dark and he doesn't know what to do, but eventually he gets out of it. And then like a week later, he's walking down the same street and falls down the same hole. Mm -hmm. It's still dark, but he kind of has a better idea of what's going on. So he, he kind of gets out a little bit better. Third week, he walks down the street avoids the hole like Mm. just walks around it yeah and then the fourth week 
just walks down a different street. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of me. That's yeah. like my recovery in a nutshell is eventually I will walk down a different street. Yeah. Once, once this street wears out, I'll walk down another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just get really, uh, I, I've always felt more comfortable because I'm an only child and like we spend a lot of time moving around. So I always spend a lot of time on my own mm-hmm. um, and like figuring stuff out for my own. Like, okay. So like that old childhood memory, I spilled some milk on the stairs and like I went and I cleaned it up myself. Like I figured out how to clean it up. I don't even know how old I was, but it's like, that's kind of how I've always been. It's like, he was six months old. Just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing if I was six months old. <laughs> I could see you doing it, man. Your mom's super smart. What? So your mom is super smart. So. Yeah. Uh, that skips a generation. <laughs> I was just saying, I was going to give you a freebie there, man. Yeah. So he was actually 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how far back my memories go. <laughs> 17's when it's I, the youngest I can remember. 17's when I noticed the problems were there, and I was like, "Oh, I'm remembering stuff." I gotta, this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've always had that like I have to take care of it myself mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and the last seven years has been me learning that I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And in, and again, <laughs> that's something that would not fly in improv. Like mm-hmm. you can't figure stuff out on your own on stage in improv. Yeah. It's a really bad show if you do. Yeah. It's really bad. I've seen a lot of bad improv in my life. And so what makes it bad in that case? Like, it's just like somebody trying to control, like the the guy who wants to be the director, the actor, the writer, the lighting guy, like trying to control everything. It doesn't work. Okay. It doesn't work at all. Um, That makes sense. That never would work. (laughs) Yeah. Especially in improv. Like, and then nobody wants to improvise with you. Because you're not fun to improvise with. Yeah, who wants to improvise with Dick? <laughs> Nobody. Well, Nobody. unless you like Dick. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shoot. I just realized that that your daughter's sitting right there. I'm like, sorry about that. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, she's got her head in her good. phone. It's all good. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing, right? Like, we we have to do everything collectively. And as someone who leans pretty heavily left, that mm. should be an easy lesson to learn, but it's not Yeah. like, and I can do it in improv. I can do it in a meeting everyday life. I I'm still learning that everyday life stuff. Yeah. That's kind of my main takeaways. Darcy, Boss. what the fuck? I was getting really <laughs> profound there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, now Rob will never be able to remember that profound thought that he was having. I already forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> See, dude, it's not just me, Darcy. It's not just me, dude. Any kind of distraction, and I'm like, yeah, one hundred percent. Who are you? How did you get here? <laughs> Wait, you shaved your beard? <laughs> Seriously, dude. That's what it's like. It's like yeah. the brain goes. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. But uh, yeah, that's just the way my brain works, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So back to what you were saying about the profundity of life. uh, Yeah, just we have to do it together and it's hard. It's a hard thing to learn and it's a hard thing. It's even harder to do. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I try to do it every other day. What's that? (laughs) Like be part of the community, Mm -hmm. be part of like a communal mindset rather than just focused on myself or withdrawing into myself to fix my problems Mm -hmm. when there's easily people I can reach out to that can I can talk to who can offer a solution, who can just be there to hold me mm-hmm. or like, I can just be like, I'm having a tough day. What about you? And we can commiserate and like, mm-hmm. be like, you know what? It's just part of life, man. Yeah. Let's just, let's just fuck life in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. I'm not sure what happened there. I was like, man, this could be so much fun. Rob's just so much fun and light. And now he's just like, talking about bad <laughs> stuff, Rob. I'm just kidding. Nothing wrong with that. If you're into that, you just do yeah. whatever makes you hey. happy. Just yeah, exactly. Safe. It kind of makes me happy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. be safe. Yeah, <laughs> always. Uh, always have consent. And, yeah, uh, exactly. never do it without consent. Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever. Absolutely. Oh, never, never, never without ever. consent. Ever, 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 ever. Forever, ever? <laughs> ever, never. Can you imagine if we were drinking, having oh, this conversation, right? Both of you be gone. You'd be like, yeah, we're not going back there no more. I think I'd still be on my first point. Pro- yeah, me too. I wouldn't even be on point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wait, you shaved your beard? <laughs> I, I did shave my beard, yeah. I know, it's so strange. It is. Uh, what, what's really making me kind of laugh right now is Samantha and 
Darcy texting each other. Are you listening to these idiots? And <laughs> yeah, they're Samantha, both texting. I know, and then Samantha's listening. like, and I'm not sure they're actually doing this, but it looks like Samantha's texting back, oh, I'm hearing these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and I will bright red. never be like these people. <laughs> yeah, lawsuit. <laughs> P.S. Jerk face. Yeah, no, but back to commiserating. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you can just commiserate and be like, you know what, we're going to get through this, you know, mm. like. Because in the grand scheme of things, again, I'm white, I'm 32 years old, I live in North America. Even if I lived in Europe, it wouldn't be that bad for me, mm. you know? Like, at the baseline, I've got that going for me. Yeah, I struggle with depression, I struggle with um, alcoholism and addiction issues, but mm -hmm. when I don't pick up the alcohol or the addictive substances, I'm okay. Mm. The depression's tough, tougher to deal with. Okay, well, how do you deal with that? Because um, you know I deal with that too. So Right. So I used to be on meds for that, but I was completely non-existent on medication. Mm. So it's just one of those things. Like, I, I probably have, like, low-grade depression. Mm. Like, you know, like, not to compare, but, like... Whatever. There I, can, I can make it through... a spectrum of some kind. Yeah, I can make it through without, you know, medication. Yeah. I can reach out to people. Yeah. I can also sometimes indulge in it and just understand that that was part of my process. Mm -hmm. I don't harm myself. I don't, you know, mm. I don't cause any harm. I, it's mental <laughs> more than anything. So mm. eventually, as I said, when you're on those downs, you just do those things that you need to do to get out of mm. them. Or I do those things that I need to do. And I, I wake up. I don't call in sick to work for no reason. Mm. Uh, I brush my teeth. I wash my hair. And, you know, I try to get a good haircut sometimes. <laughs> uh, it took me so long to find a good barber in Calgary. 13 years. <laughs> He's like, I'm still looking. No, I found one. I found one. I finally found one. I'm really happy about it. Nice. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, it's, it's the old adium, like, just do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Like, living life on life's terms is one of the hardest things that I tried to avoid for so long and just compounds and mm. makes things worse and worse and worse. So what do you mean by living life on life's terms? Like things are going to happen in life, mm. right? Like you're not always going to be positive and on the up and up. Mm -hmm. You're not always going to be 100% Zen. Mm -hmm. You're not always going to be always in the flow. Some days you're going to wake up, you're going to put your left shoe on your right foot at 32 years old and then go and try and record a podcast. Yeah. You know? And it's not going to go well. It, because like, he's wearing the shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> like, still. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I keep crossing my legs, no one will notice. <laughs> Wait, that looks like his right foot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some days the things are just going to go wrong. But you, if you put your head down at the end of the night sober, mm -hmm. you know, for me, that's a win. You know, because I didn't have to pick up or use or drink or walk yeah. into a liquor store and walk out without buying anything mm. or keep my eyes open for where all the new weed shops in Calgary are. <laughs> like, I didn't do that. So yeah. I'm good. You know, like I, I'm able to function on a day to day basis, mm -hmm. even if it's not what some people may deem successful or the right thing to do. You know, I, I did what I had to do to get through the day. Mm hmm. And it's real easy sometimes because, again, I'm 32 years old, I'm white, and I live in North America. I, I, I'm starting to think that maybe you believe that is a very good gift that you have. Yeah, I'm yeah. super grateful for it. My yeah. parents came from a communist regime. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom escaped to Mexico and made her way up north. Wow. My dad had to get sponsored to uh, go live with his uncle, uh so that he could get his engineering degree. Mm -hmm. We've lived in, growing up, we lived in three different countries, mm -hmm. all of which were, I was, you know, well taken care of. Uh, you know, everything was really good, but I still didn't appreciate it. Mm. You know, like I was always resentful about things or just off in my own world and not appreciating what I had. And I think that had a lot to do with, you know, my mindset when things went wrong before, I would always revert back to using and drinking. Mm -hmm. If things went, I reverted to using and drinking. <laughs> if I woke up, I reverted to using and drinking. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm sober. I'm 32 years old. I'm white. <laughs> like, like it, it's the it's easy mode, yeah. right? Like yeah. it really is. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I, I heard that a long time ago. Yeah. It's like when you're playing a video game and you just set it to easy mode. I think one of the South Park games actually did it, where the difficulty would change the color of your character. <laughs> it has to be South Park, man. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of... I don't even want to ask who was the highest skilled. I don't even want to go there. You know man. exactly who it was. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm like, not going there. Like, it's, it's a gift, and people do, do have struggles, yeah. you know? Like, I'm also cis, so like, and straight-ish, mm-hmm. you know? Straight-ish. <laughs> that's all right man Mm -hmm. lots of people are straightish yeah exactly i think like 99 percent of the world is straightish yeah like not 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 99 percent of the world that identifies as straight is straightish ah okay i got that's what i mean not 99 percent of the world right that's a stupid comment to make (laughs) right that's a really ignorant thing to say no i'm gonna go ahead and let you get away with it because then (laughs) someone's gonna find you (laughs) but i I think i did if you're looking for rob (laughs) janos Please go down 399 Riverfront Avenue. Oh, man, I wish I lived there. I wish I lived there still. (laughs) Still? (laughs) Yeah. I I practically live there. That's why I use that as my address on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, because I used to. When I got my account, I was like there all the time. Um, What was I going to ask you? Oh, uh, what's it it like for you, man? Like coming out of uh, like communist country. Oh, I was born in Ottawa. I'm fine. I know you were born here, but like what's it like being raised by someone? who came through that, right? Like, because that's got to be... I think my parents have always done a good... I I view it as a positive, Mm -hmm. where they've kind of just integrated themselves into the culture of the country where they live. Mm -hmm. So when we lived in Holland, I went to a Dutch school, not an English-speaking school, Mm -hmm. which would have been the easy way out, but I went to the Dutch school that was closest to us. I learned Dutch at a really young age, I can barely speak it at this point. Mm. Give me three days in Amsterdam. I can speak it fluently. Mm. So I tell myself. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who goes to Amsterdam <laughs> three days Dutch. leaves thinking they can speak Dutch. Fluently. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's not fluent when you say, <coughs> read now. Smoke. <laughs> smoke? Smoke? No. No, thanks, man. I'll just go into this real store. I loved Holland, man. It was so awesome. It's one of the greatest cities on the yeah. planet. Amsterdam was beautiful. People I, were so friendly. Yeah. I can still make my way around. Like, anytime I go there, I can still make my way around and know exactly where I am. Really? Eh? Yeah, like, because I spent so much time there as a kid. It's yeah. like, it doesn't change. It's already, like, what, 400 years yeah, old like, or whatever? pretty old, yeah. Yeah, it's a really old city. It doesn't change. But, yeah, like, my family was never one that, like, just stuck with Polish people. Mm-hmm. So, like... My dad's friends are, that he still speaks to, for the most part, um, are his engineering friends from way back when. Or uh, my parents are both friends with one of the couples that they met um, in maternity classes. Mm, okay. So, like, they've always just been like, these are these are the people that are around. So, like, they've never been like, like they escaped communism. They're not <laughs> like hardline yeah. people. Yeah. But like. Every year I would travel to Europe or visit my grandparents in Poland and everyone's like, oh, Europe must have been so fun. It's like, no, it's Poland, guys. <laughs> it's, it's like once or twice, like it's fine to go and yeah. like immerse yourself in it. But like every year and it's the same yeah. vacations, it's the same gray blocks that the communists built. Like when you're in Poland, you feel it a lot more. Yeah. Especially when a bottle of absolute vodka costs the exact same that it does in Canada, but with like it's like nineteen bucks here or whatever, and nineteen zloty over there, that means it's three times less. Like oh, yeah, yeah, it's real cheap to get drunk, and there's yeah. like a huge drinking culture in Poland. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> the first time I went back to Poland. Um, my, my grandpa, I told my grandpa I wasn't drinking anymore and he was like really supportive of it. Mm-hmm. I went back like three years later. I told him I still wasn't drinking and they were like, well, you can have a beer. It's not really alcohol. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I heard that in Russia, they don't think it's alcohol either. Yeah. They just changed that. Did they? Yeah. They oh, ju- okay. I read that too. Yeah. I read that, that this was week. It's fascinating. It's like, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. 
Russians eat rocks. Like, I, <laughs> like seriously, some of the hardest people I've ever met from now Russia. Now you're going to get some emails. Yeah, that's okay. I like Russia. <laughs> 399 man. Riverfront Avenue, mm-hmm. Southeast. Yeah. You can check me out there. I'm there every Friday afternoon. I'll be standing on the corner outside of 399 Riverfront Avenue, and I'll be telling you all about Jesus. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> but if I did, I would hope you'd come down and listen to me. Fantastic. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jesus is my homeboy, man. Yeah, Jesus is I actually is great. mean that, so. Yeah. Yeah. You got any other questions for me? What else, man? I don't oh, know. I think, like... Uh, <clears throat> anything you want to talk about man i don't really have much to talk about so okay talks talk us about talk us seriously dude like man this is why I you s- need a notepad this is why i need a notepad and a brain transplant what, t- what time are we at 49 oh. yeah we still got like i got sweet I, yeah i got enough for one more story what do you want to know about dave you, you had a good question what there. was i going to say see that's the problem. tell us about Tell us about, hmm, tell us more about the Kinkanauts is what I was going to ask. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Because you got a show tonight. Yeah, I'm going to a show tonight. <laughs> That's why. And I maybe it. you could tell people how to find it. Yeah. Because uh... <laughs> I sure as hell don't know. <laughs> yeah. I invite you so many times. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I want to go, so I'm going to go eventually, but. Yeah, so uh, the Kinkanauts, uh, we do weekly shows at the Alexandra Center in Calgary, okay. just uh, over the bridge in Inglewood. Um, we do a weekly Saturday show upstairs and we do a weekly Friday show downstairs, except for this month on the 14th, I am in uh, remount of my fringe late night show, APT 33. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's coming back. Oh yeah. Just for, for Christmas. Just for we're doing Christmas? a Christmas. We're doing a special Christmas episode. Sweet. It's a real special Christmas special. So how do people find that? Uh, kinknots.com. Okay. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, uh, kinknots, Twitter at kinknots, Instagram at kinknots. Okay. Uh, we, we, we're pretty active social media wise. You can also buy your tickets online as well. Oh, cool. And if you can buy them and not show up, that that's always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys like stand there and go like look i hope people buy tickets but they don't show up because i got nothing. no no like 99 percent of the time when people buy tickets they show up yeah like one percent of the time they don't show up but then the audience is packed anyway and yeah. we were, were completely oversold it's like oh thank god they didn't show yeah, up well, they, but maybe some of them did and just thought i ain't standing up for the whole thing no, no, you can't tell because yeah. of where we like let you in and stuff. Oh, you okay. wouldn't so know you that you have no idea in. how yeah. busy it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so that's us. Uh, we have um, a lot of great shows, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like a lot of themed shows. They just did a Yes and We Believe You show, which was an all women's show yeah. uh, to help raise money for the YWCA. That yeah. already passed, so I don't know what I'm talking about. It. Yeah, but you can still. But talk. it's it's yeah. an annual show, so check that out and like. November (laughs) November of 2019. Like 11 and a half months. Yeah, re-air this episode in November of 2019. Look, seriously, you got to put it on your calendar for next year. November 19th, 2019. Okay? November 19th, 2019. I don't even know what day that is yet. (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, There's also check it out. Yeah, there's also um, (laughs) classes that you can Mm -hmm. sign up for. Um, there's also a Saturday drop-in class where if you're like, I kind of like improv, but I don't know if I want to do it and pay for a class Mm because our classes run four to six weeks, I think something like that. Um, but the Saturday is just a drop-in where you pay like five bucks Mm -hmm. and you get to learn and play. And that's the great thing about improv is that it's really just play Mm -hmm. like you're a kid again. I think that's why I like it so much, man. Yeah. To be honest, like I always liked whose line is it anyway because of that. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just like, I, well, it always occurred to, it occurred to me that there are adults acting like children and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Right. Because most of the time as an adult, especially, well, I mean, not especially most of the time as an adult, you don't get to play. Yeah. Right? You don't, you, you don't. don't get to play unless no. you're playing with some expensive toy or something like that. Yeah. As opposed to just getting together and play. And then you just give it to a kid anyway. Because yeah. they know how to play with it better than you do. Yeah, Because totally. it's on your phone and it's connected. Yeah. 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 So uh, weekly Saturday shows. Okay. Uh, two shows a night on Saturday. What time? Uh, eight o'clock typically. Second okay. show's at nine. Um, and then uh, Friday shows are typically eight o'clock. And they're more experimental, weird stuff. So oh, that's okay. always good. ABT 33, as I said, it's a remount of my friend show. <laughs> 
Uh, cool, man. Yeah. It's so Christmas what do you guys do on that show? We interview people. Oh, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> we basically I, set it up. So it's like a talk show that's set up in someone's apartment. Yeah. Like we don't even have an office space like you have here. Yeah. We just have a, <laughs> just have like an apartment. Pretty... It's the only show <laughs> at the Kinkanauts that uses a set. Yeah. Um, and like we have special guests, we have recurring characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a pet fish that sings our songs for us. <laughs> Um, sweet. I, you can follow fish on Instagram, but I don't remember what it is. If you can look up the hashtag APT 33 and just find the one person always tweeting as fish. Yeah. That's, that's fish. ATP 33. APT 33. Yeah. It's apartment 33. Oh, apartment 30. That makes sense. Yeah. Dude, it only took me forever. (laughs) Eventually I'll get there. I just have to ask for help. Yeah. Like the rest of us. Um, what else is going on? And we'll have a <clears> festival <throat> in like April where we'll be bringing people in from out of town. Festival like for a whole weekend or like a whole week, like Wednesday, week. Wednesday through Saturday, there'll be a show every night. Yeah. Uh, that's reactor festival and that'll be back in. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. And I'm hosting the fringe lottery like in four days. So whenever this goes up, <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll be the Wednesday of that week. Oh really? Yeah. So you're hosting the night. <clears throat> the lottery so that's going to be when they draw the names for who's going to have like a space at the fringe festival venue yeah um yeah when is the fringe festival it's in august oh okay yeah yeah i thought it was summer yeah it's really great we had a great time except yeah. i should not have taken on a job that week <laughs> 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 he's trying to work and burning the candles at both end but yeah hey no one said I was smart, except you tried to imply it. Yeah. I am implying it still, but because <clears throat> I think lots of times smart people are pretty self-deprecating. So mm. um, in order to keep the light off them, even though you want attention. Yeah, I want attention, but don't not too much attention. Yeah, I want attention. not the good kind of attention. I want bad attention. Yeah. Still. I want attention until you start examining me. Then I don't <laughs> want attention anymore. Yeah, like I just when want you start trying to figure out how smart I am or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, and that's about it. What have you got going on? Oh my goodness, man. There's so much stuff, but before I move on from there, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Oh, well, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, dude. Uh, one of the reasons that I had you on was specifically, you did mention it was about uh, around the improv, but the reason the improv is so fun, like so interesting to me is because oftentimes people come into recovery and they don't play anymore. Yeah. They get Everyone's serious. Everyone's so serious about yeah. their recovery. And like, I, I've struggled with it too, right? Like, yep. cause there are serious moments of course in recovery are. when somebody you came in with like three months ago or whatever dies and it's the first death you've dealt with in recovery mm-hmm. or any death you deal with in recovery. Yeah. We need to hold those people, yeah. you know, like it's, it's struggle and we need to hold them so that they can hold others yeah. as well. Like, I think that's the biggest gift of a recovery meeting is that we can yeah. hold each other and the and we can hold each other up and help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about improv is it's the exact same thing. We can mm-hmm. hold each other and help each other. Right on. Mm-hmm. And making people laugh, man. Don't. I hope you don't uh, ever take that for granted because making people laugh, that's a gift, man. Oh, 100%. Yeah. As I said, right? Like yeah. I used to do it in a cruel way. Now I found a creative outlet for it in a positive way. And it's. It's fantastic. Right on, man. Well, dude, I hope people check out your show. Yeah, I hope so too. And thank you so much for uh, having me. I do appreciate it. This was my pleasure. This was so much fun. It was fun, This is what we would do over coffee anyway. Exactly. That's why I figured we'll just have this and then we don't have to have coffee. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So we don't have to see each other again. (laughs) For for three weeks. (laughs) And then then we'll need a coffee. Yeah, we'll have a a coffee. I'll try to get you and uh, Trotsky together. We can all have breakfast or something. Trotsky. Yeah. He's got Trotchy a, balls. He's got to get real hours. Get real hours. What's <laughs> yeah. he doing? He's work. He's working. He's, he's at the hotel, right? He's at the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And where his hours though? I don't know. Like whatever. It's like he's got to get real hours. What are his hours? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But <laughs> they don't all, let me hang out with him. <laughs> all I know is they don't coincide with his his and my time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they don't coincide with. Yeah. He's always watching soccer in the middle. of the day. Seriously, or he's like playing video games. Yeah, I see him online more regular too. Yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, that's true. But it takes him like three days to respond to me when I have something <laughs> stupid to say. I don't, I don't, I don't even send him messages anymore. Oh, I, I send him messages going, "How you doing?" And then and that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. But I know he's got his new job, trying to get used to it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate this, man. And uh, if you if you see your mom, when are they back? 
Uh, two Tuesdays from now. Okay. Yeah. Two Tuesdays, eh? Because I'm going to get her on here next year. Because, like, his mom <laughs> and stepdad, uh, first of all, they're both pretty, pretty kick-ass people. Uh, but they went... I meant to tell my dad this because my dad would have loved this. Mm-hmm. Um, is they went to Israel and studied Krav Maga in Israel. Like, yeah. what are you guys doing? Oh, we're going to go to Israel and study Krav Maga. Oh, really? Yeah, that oh, was that's... the second time my stepdad went. Right? Yeah. and That's th- lovely. <laughs> they they take me to kettlebells. <laughs> okay, and then they took him. To, I know. That, now it all makes sense, though. Yeah. I'm right. Oh, yeah. there's their hook, right? Yeah. They love that stuff, man. They, they do. They yeah. do. And my stepdad especially. And my mom is just like, yeah, she's one of the most, yeah, she'd be great. Yeah. Totally. Even if Chris wanted to come on, I'd totally ask him, man. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't know him very well. Yeah. But I bet you there's a whole lot to know. Yeah. Right? He would probably be like, why is there a microphone? <laughs> yeah. Why, why am I talking here? Why yeah. are we talking? Why don't we just go for coffee? It's <laughs> probably what my dad's going to say when I have him in the last re- end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to sneak a microphone into yeah. your pocket and do it without him knowing. <laughs> yeah, because right now they're in China doing a. They were doing a competition. They were doing a kung fu competition. Yeah, um, competing against people who've been doing it since they were like two years old. Yeah, and they've been doing it for like two years. Yeah. No, this is this will be like their fourth year. Yeah, because yeah. they're like they they're pretty into it. Though. No, they love they love that yeah. like. I, I owe them so much. Like I, I tease them and make fun of them, but mm. they're like really kind hearted they're our parents, man. Yeah. Oh, and they're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they're, totally. Yeah. Um, but like they do so much for themselves and for me and for my stepbrother and stuff. And like, yeah. like just really big hearted people. You should definitely have Magda on. I don't know oh, if yeah. Chris would be great. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll ask Magda for sure. Yeah. And, um, cause I, I know her better and I wouldn't are want to Are we still Christa recording right now? Yeah, we are <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. I don't, unless you have something else you want to talk about. No, I'm good. You're good. Yeah. Nice dude. We'll get you to your show. Yeah, please. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Okay. Before we close tonight, uh, I just want to run through a little bit of a project, uh, idea that, came to myself and a friend of mine who's a pilot with one of the large airliners here in um, Canada. We are going to head down to Mexico in March of 2019. And the reason we're going to head down there, obviously it's sunny. So that's one of the reasons why we're going to head down there. But the other reason is about uh, four years ago, I went down to Puerto Barta with a friend. And while we were down there, we got to visit an old colleague of mine that I used to work with uh, almost 20 years ago here in town. Um, moved down there to Puerto Varda and bought a tattoo shop with her current partner, uh, Raphael. And Rafi runs a addiction center um, outside of Puerto Varda for anyone who is struggling with addiction, alcoholism um, in that area that he connects with. Uh, and the treatment center has been under construction for quite, for a few years now, probably before I got there. So probably six or seven years. I can't quite remember what he said. It's still unfinished. So, uh, Heather and I went down there a year and a half ago and it was still unfinished. (laughs) And so we brought them some clothes down there, uh, for, for the men and the women and their kids and stuff like that. And, I just remember when we left, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to leave it that way. I didn't want to, to leave it unfinished. And, uh, I respect my friend a great deal. Like he, uh, down there, they don't have a lot of money to work with and they can't, well, they don't fundraise the same way that we can up here, um, uh, for some reason. So what he has, what the guys do in order to pay for their own treatment and to help the treatment center is they will panhandle to raise their own money to go to treatment. So they'll walk along the road. So if you see people down there getting in traffic, some of them are actually gathering money so they can go to treatment. Um, I, I just, I think it's incredible. Uh, it's the conditions folks uh, survive and thrive in, right? And so um, we're going to go down there and we're going to um, bring some clothing for the men, women, and kids. And we're also going to bring some funds, whatever we can raise between now and then. And we leave the end of March um, we're going to bring down and we're going to donate to them so they can finish the construction on their facility. Uh, when I spoke to my friend Raf about how much he thought they might need, 
Uh, he's so modest and he knows that what I'm going to try to do is exactly what I'm doing <laughs> right now, talking about what he needs. Um, so he figured I was going to do this. So he lowballed me and said they need $500 to finish the construction. And I can tell you, um, I know that the material and stuff they can get for cheaper down there. But at last time I saw it, I believe there was probably more than $500 worth of construction to finish it. But that's also because I'm looking at it as a Canadian. Um, so what between now and then we're going to try to raise between five and a thousand dollars, 500 and a thousand. And if we can get more, all the better, because then we can maybe get them some other stuff like running water and stuff like that, because they don't currently, um, to use the washroom, we have to get a bucket out of the well. So that was the last time I was there, which was a year and a half ago. And don't get me wrong, not one of the folks that I've encountered, uh, whether in the treatment center or around the treatment center, um, has complained about anything. So if you're wondering why I'm kind of excited about it, it's because of that. Because no, I haven't heard one complaint whenever I tell them I go down there and I attend meetings there or hang out with the guys. Um, I never heard a word of complaint. Um, so this is something that's on, on my heart and on some other people's hearts. My friend Charles, who's going to go down with me uh, from the, the pilot, uh, we are going to get people together if they want to come um, as well. So uh, keep keep the details in mind about uh, how to reach us, how to con contact us, because if you have any ideas even about how to make this a, a better trip, a more worthwhile trip, I am always open to suggestions and ideas. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcasts and to listen to this message. Thank you. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving of, to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morigeau, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering from, with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or find us on Facebook at Freedom's Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.